You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Please visit their website at rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. What's up, everybody? It's Candace Cooper here and JJ Jackson, and we are rocking and rolling. We've got week four under our belt. We have some great games to go over on today's show, Tuesday, rocking and rolling. JJ, how you feeling so far? It's like we're in the swing of football season, and this past Saturday we had incredible competition, and uh, I just can't wait to discuss everything going on. It's truly football season at all levels, the best time of the year, and I can't wait to break it all down. The best time of the year, indeed. And make sure if you guys want any of the ACC conference news, strongly encourage you to hit up our podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And let me tell you, you can find me and my crew five days a week for up to 30 minutes a day. So we always start out Monday, Tuesday shows with recaps of week four. We're going to talk about it. We're going to feel our feelings. Then we move on to the power rankings. And then Thursday and Friday, we look on to week five. And so Tuesday, JJ has us set up nicely. We talk about the Atlantic teams first that he covers, and then we go to Coastal, and finally our favorite game of the weekend. So let's get right into things, JJ. I want to talk about Florida State, a team that you know started out strong, right? That had a solid loss, I and mean, we can talk about solid losses here. Solid loss to Notre Dame, but then they have been just unraveled. Now, a lot of people were saying this game against Louisville this past weekend was a little bit more positive. They saw a second half kind of fight from the team that they weren't used to seeing. But I would love to know your thoughts about this team and whether or not we're looking for where are they going to find their next win, if any. I don't know when the win's going to come along for for Florida State. <laughs> I mean, look, they got Syracuse next, who's playing better football. They had a dramatic win versus Liberty. Yeah. But I think I keep going back to the first two weeks of the season, Candace, as you were saying. What right. incredible effort by Florida State in that first week versus Notre Dame to come all the way back, down by 18 points, tie it, and then lose in heartbreaking fashion. And then the following yeah. week – once again, lose a game you never should have lost, never should have been close in the first place to an FCS Jacksonville State team on a walk-off touchdown. And yeah. when you see that in a sport like college football where you're playing every seven days of the week over the years, I truly feel like that has a long carryover effect for a football team. And it almost felt like the past two weeks there have been many moments and many stretches in these football games where Florida State players just don't look like they want to be there. Yeah. And that's yeah. an awful position to be in, particularly for the head coach and Mike Norvell, who's still so young in his tenure there in Tallahassee, that it looks like this team just isn't motivated. Yeah, not only not motivated, but it just looks like, like you said, the want to is not there, but also they just seem out of sorts. They don't seem like they, you know, clearly missed a playbook. They missed a lesson in film day. Like it just feels like they don't know what they're doing. And that's part co coaching, but that's also like, you know, a little bit of mental and just knowing your assignments and then delivering on set assignments. So I think that's the big thing. But, you know, a 23-31 loss against a Louisville team that's showing some spark. You can't be too upset, but Mackenzie Milton had 
his first start, right? He had 248 yards and he's feeling himself. And I think this was the first time where we're finally seeing what McKenzie can do, where his ceiling might be. And, you know, ultimately, you know, the Jordan Travis versus McKenzie Milton conversation has to die at some point. Like we're in week four. If McKenzie Milton is your guy, let's, you know, carry him through the entire time. But if you're going to give Jordan Travis some burn too, let's talk about, you know, they say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have any. So, what you're going to do as we move forward, you know, and then you look at the defensive side, Jermaine Johnson, was yes, Jermaine Johnson, the second, he's supposed to be the one that, you know, pulls you guys through and brings kind of some sort of motivating and elevation to the team. And it seems to have been really falling flat ever since that Notre Dame game. Whatever the locker room speech was at halftime was obviously a good one for Mike Norvell in this one. You mentioned the final score, 31-23. Louisville went into the locker room with 31 points. So they did not score at all in the second half. You woke up on the defensive side of the football and made the final score a lot prettier than the game actually was, only losing by eight points. But at one point, you're trailing in that football game by a score – of 31 to seven. So yeah. uh, offensively, I do think Mackenzie Milton is the answer for this Florida State team, but you've got to find a way to put four good quarters together. That's how good teams win football games. I really thought Florida State was going to take a step forward this year. I was clearly wrong on that. Yes, there are eight games left in the season, but after performances like this, I don't see this Florida State team having this just crazy culture shift and Mm -hmm. truly becoming motivated to continue throughout the season. I would not be surprised at this point if Florida State was fighting just to make it to a bowl game. Very true. And, you know, it's unique because last season we saw a lot of people opting out or deciding to get into the transfer portal, and that was this big thing. We haven't quite seen that this year, you know, but I still feel like maybe when the season's over, we'll see a little bit of transition in this Florida State side, whether it be from a coaching standpoint or a player standpoint. I think that's on its way just for the sake of when you listen to their commissioner or they you listen to their AD and he's saying, yeah, I have full trust, full faith in, you know, Norvell and what he can deliver. That's always like the – the sentence before the firing or somebody (laughs) on the coordinating side gets their job taken away. Let's switch gears here and talk about another team. JJ covers with us in Wake Forest and Virginia. Wake Forest beating Virginia 37 to 17. And this 4-0 Demon Deacons squad is putting everybody on notice. They might be the best team in the Atlantic arguably right now. Hey, I'm not saying no to it. I think that Sam Hartman and company are finally figuring out who they are. That to me, Virginia was the first big test. But, you know, Virginia defense, we saw with their Carolina game, isn't exactly the most <laughs> – they're yeah. horrible, to say yeah. it nicely, right? But, you know, Sam Hartman did his thing, and I think that he's someone that we can finally start giving a little more credit to that we necessarily haven't necessarily done in a couple of years. Sam Hartman does his thing week in, yeah. week out. We've seen <laughs> that through the first four weeks of the season. On Saturday, uh, this upcoming Saturday, October 2nd, you're going to turn the game on between Wake Forest and Louisville, and you're going to see a number beside Wake Forest as as they have now entered uh, the AP poll top 25 at number 24, which is so well-deserved for this Mm -hmm. football team. They've taken care of business each and every week. We talked about um, some teams kind of playing down to their level of competition. That has not been the case for Wake Forest at all so far this season. Uh, beating Old Dominion handedly, beating Norfolk State handedly, and then your first two games in conference play versus Florida State and Virginia, winning both of those games by 20-point margins. That's outstanding job from Dave Clawson. I love what this team has done. They are truly trying to be competitive, 
and fight for a spot in the ACC championship game. They're in the Atlantic division now that uh, Clemson has a loss that we'll talk about at some point uh, here on Locked on ACC. So uh, I'm just I'm excited to see what's next for this Wake Forest team because you talk about special quarterbacks in the conference. And for the past four weeks, we've been saying Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman. We don't have to say his name anymore. It's a given at this point that he's a really talented quarterback and deserves to be in that conversation. And it's tough because we figured we'd be talking about a different Sam throughout this season. We thought we'd be hyping him up, but that clearly hasn't been the case. There was an interesting conversation on Twitter, though, about Clawson and Coach Cutcliffe, right? So a lot of people were saying Coach Clawson has done with what Coach Clawson has done with Wake Forest is what people assume or think that Cutcliffe has done with Duke in terms of elevating the program. I would like to know your thoughts, given that you are the host of Locked On Blue Devils, in terms of just elevation and bringing a team that many don't, you know, put into the basket or the football conversation. Do you feel like, you know, Clawson should be getting more praise or similar praise that Coach Cutcliffe does? 100% similar praise. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. are, are- fairly similar in everything that they do both named David both uh, initials DC I mean look it's it's Wake Forest football is something that we haven't talked about over the years uh, and for good reason because they haven't been good and the fact that like I said they're in that top 25 now David Cutcliffe has had stretches at Duke where you see them uh, kind of in the bottom half of the top 25 in that AP poll in 2013 they played in the ACC championship game uh, did the Duke Blue Devils and so the fact that uh, Dave Clawson has been able to do that at Wake Forest, and experienced quarterback turnover. We talk about Jamie Newman and what he was able to do there in Winston-Salem before um, transferring to Georgia and ultimately not playing football there. The next quarterback comes up is is named Sam Hartman out of Charlotte and uh, looks really comfortable being the Demon Dinkins quarterback. So, yeah, I've been really impressed with what we've seen so far um, out of Dave Clawson's tenure at Wake Forest, and he definitely deserves praise for what he's been able to do. No doubt. And we're going to get to the final Atlantic Division team here in a second. But I want to make sure that we remind you all about Prize Picks, the leader in college sports fantasy, daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of Power Five as well as mid major players, right? So I think it's an excellent opportunity for you fans to get a chance to get in on some action. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. Use the award winning app on both App Store and Google Play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals. All of users that deposit and use promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit matched up to $100 using promo code LOCKED. On. All right. So make sure you guys don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, I reminded you at the beginning of the show, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. And why would you want to wait behind the counter when you can just simply do everything online, save time and money when using Rock Auto? It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need and more. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. That's rockauto.com. Head there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. 
We're sitting here for the Tuesday show talking with JJ Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils. And we are coming into the last part of our Atlantic Division conversation. Syracuse Friday Night Lights seems to be an ACC thing. Like, I don't know if all of the ACC schools want to play on Friday, but they do seem to fare a little bit better on that bad boy. Syracuse taking on Liberty in a close matchup. Of course, things ended up in their favor, winning 24-21 to on a last-second field goal attempt. Malik Willis putting on a show, the quarterback from Liberty. However, it was just not enough to beat the Orange Men. Another solid win for Dino Babers because, let's face it, he was his – his pants were hot. His seat was getting warm. A lot of people wrote him off because of the quarterback conversation he had going on there. But, hey, like we say here in AC right now, a, good, a win is a good win. And we'll take him wherever we can get him. What are your thoughts, JJ? Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a great win for Syracuse. They avenged a loss to Liberty that they had a year ago. Uh, Hugh Freeze has done wonders for that program. And a lot of that reason is, is because of Malik Willis at quarterback. He's someone that um, I got to know firsthand from my years in Auburn. and. Uh, transferring away from the SEC level to play at a school like Liberty was definitely a wake-up call for somebody like Malik, and uh, he's done outstanding there. And so he's definitely on the top of the scouting report for every single team in the country. Dino Babers knew that. Syracuse was able to scheme up a really solid plan against him. He still got his. He still threw for three more touchdown passes and ran the ball fairly effectively. But, uh, yeah, it was just an awesome win for Syracuse. Sean Tucker, another great game at that yeah. running back position. And now Schrader in at quarterback for Syracuse. He ran the ball well as well as he had two rushing touchdowns, I believe, on the game for the Orange. So a good win all around for Syracuse. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned Sean Tucker last week. It was gave me an opportunity to see it firsthand. I was like, okay, if JJ has has it down, I got to make sure that I watch. And Sean Tucker definitely is somebody that has to be on everybody's radar, arguably one of the best running backs in the ACC. He is up there with the Jameer Gibbs of the world, the Bam Knights and what have you. But he's putting on a show, and he definitely might be an ACC player of the week. I don't think anybody else had as great of numbers, but we'll have to let, wait till that comes out here on Tuesday. But, of course, again, Again, Sean Tucker, it's certainly the business, and credit to you for making sure that our listeners knew that. And look, I, I know that it's now UNC Duke week. I know that that's what's <laughs> going through your mind right now, but I will point out the fact that for whatever reason, you just left out Mateo Durant from I the did. running backs that you just I left did. there. It must be the UNC Tar Heel coming out on you this week. You know, uh, and that, I just no. saw him over the past exactly, weekend, and you're exactly. absolutely right. And he exactly. was doing – he did everything <laughs> for those Blue Devils. So, so uh, yes, let, let's, my uh, mistake. Let's, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Sean Tucker, Mateo – I mean, look, this conference has really, really good running backs. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what Syracuse can do with a win like this moving forward as they've got Florida State due up next. <laughs> we just talked about an 0-4 Florida State team. And then a really big test when Wake Forest comes to the Carrier Dome. I think that's yeah. going to be a fun game to watch on October 9th. Yeah, and I think that ultimately if they can beat a Florida State who is downtrodden or if they lose badly to a you know downtrodden Florida State, then that still gives me like, okay, is Dino Babers the guy? Because this is the time to you know stomp on people as you know Clemson and NC State. We saw that there. This is the time to beat them while they're down, while they are right. not as notably great. So maybe that'll be a big signature win for him. Let's talk about the Coastal now here. Of course, it is Duke Carolina week, but their teams had – we had to talk about the team's last week's performance. UNC starting 
with their game. Georgia Tech just trounced. I said, you know, last week, you can't catch a Georgia Tech team with some great confidence after almost beating a Clemson. They're feeling it. They had every reason to be hyped. They're playing at home. You know, Coach Collins has the whole 404 energy, you know, doing it in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. There was no better time than 730 on a Saturday night to womp upon Carolina, and that's exactly what we did. We continue to see the flaws in Carolina's offense with the 22 points that they put up, but ultimately to Georgia Tech's 45. Talk about, you know, that UNC team for me. I think that, you know, the up and down, the consistently inconsistent is just makes me over that. Or, you know, tell me about Georgia Tech here, which, you know, maybe there there's more to that story than we've seen in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'll talk about UNC first. I mean, you talk about uh, the offense and the struggles that they may have had. Again, the final score being 45-22. Not competitive whatsoever uh, in that second half with Georgia Tech winning handedly. As you mentioned, this game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I hate that it didn't get the, the chance to be on campus at yeah. Bobby Dodd, but still cool to play in that NFL venue uh, the way that they did. Coming into yesterday's game, or excuse me, on Saturday's game between uh, Georgia Tech and, and UNC, the Yellow Jackets, Candace, had two and a half sacks through their first three games. Mm. They sacked Sam Howell eight times. <laughs> In one football game, right? I mean, if you listen to any, uh, you know, podcast about the Tar Heels or any print media covering the Tar Heels from the inside Carolinas of the world to wherever, a lot of talk this week is going to be on offensive line coach Stacey Searles, and rightfully so for UNC. Again, a team had two and a half sacks through the first two weeks of the season and found a way to sack Sam Howell, the most electric quarterback in the conference, if not the country, eight times. Any offense is going to struggle when your quarterback is being sacked eight times. That's just keeping it real, Candace Cooper. <laughs> and I also, for the fact that Sam Howell decided that he was going to channel his inner Michael Carter and Javante Williams, and he decided he's going to be rushing man and run all over things, but he <laughs> could not protect the ball to save his life. Fumbled three times in the game, and that's just something that simply unacceptable, right? Played the worst I've ever seen Sam Howell play, and there have been times where I was like, okay, I know we went with Sam over Jason Reuter, but maybe we should go back. But, you know, when we had that confidence in him. But this was one of the games where I was just like so – are the wide receivers just incapable of separation? Do right. they not care? And Or, again, offensive line has always been horrible, in my opinion. He just simply has no time to get that ball out of his hands and make plays. But it's hard to say that when you see flashes, right? right. You see moments where he has those 64, 72-yard bombs, and you're like, okay, they're capable, but it's only one in a million. And unfortunately, it definitely can't happen during nighttime. And it's something that, yeah, not only is the offense bad, but let's talk about the defense. Like, when I say Mateo Durant, we're talking about Carolina Duke week. Mateo Durant is going to have his day to me with <laughs> this Carolina defense. They can, they pro- I haven't checked the stats. Apologize for that, y'all. Make sure I have it on Wednesday show. But they are probably the worst rushing defense in the conference by far. Like, and it's not even close. They cannot wrap up. They can't do the fundamentals. They can't tackle anybody to save their life. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, Jeff Collins is is definitely abandoning. The, the triple option that Paul Johnson was so known for uh, in his year coaching Georgia Tech, but you wouldn't have guessed that in this contest because the quarterback Jeff Sims was able to run it in for three touchdowns versus UNC over 100 yards on the ground for him himself. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had 64 and a touchdown himself as well, averaging over five yards a carry. Like that's, that's really good success on the ground. 
which is definitely going to kind of feed into to Duke with how their offense has been these first few weeks of the season. Um, I'm still favoring North Carolina to win this football game, as I think everybody will. But, no, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot of concerns from this UNC team four weeks into the year, which is another really big surprise for me, given the fact that I was convinced all summer long, like, don't even talk to me. We already know what the ACC championship is game is going to be. It's going to be Clemson. It's going to be UNC. I was like, there's no need to play the season, really, because we know it's going to come down to those two teams. I was wrong. I mean, now both divisions are up for grabs. Both teams have to make major adjustments, and I'm really curious to see how UNC improves or doesn't improve over the next few weeks. Man, and this is why you play the game. Absolutely right, (laughs) right, JJ. Now we are going to set our sights on the final two, a couple more uh, Coastal Division teams we want to cover here. But like we said, we are in the thick of football season, and we want to get you right as you prepare for what should be a very good last few stretches here in college football. You got to hit up betonline.ag if you want to get in on the action. Make sure that you are nice and covered there. They, they They have New updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Please Use promo code locked on. So we're wrapping up today's show here. We've got JJ Jackson in the building. Make sure you guys follow him at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. If you have not already, he's the host of Locked On Blue Devils. Now let's talk about Duke coming off another good win against Northwestern and then delivering against Kansas, a blowout, right? It was what, 52-33 to end? Yeah, 52-33 to end the day. Of course, you know, this was the game to me where after Northwestern, they kind of went cold in that offense. They were figuring things out, and they kind of had to just play save the day instead of ruin the day when it came defensively. But in this game, you know, you saw your defense have a lot of hiccups, but the offense kept rolling. They kept putting themselves into the you know winning scenarios and battling back from being down and ultimately pulling out a good, strong win from that Duke squad. You can't be mad at it because, again, not the team that you thought was going to be winning a whole lot of games. And yet here we are having Duke, you know, with three games under their belt. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, three and one through the first four games in the non-conference. I think any Duke football fan in this coaching staff would have taken that start to the year. Uh, if you said, look, when you jump into ACC competition, you're going to have a three and one record. I think a lot of people would have assumed that Northwestern would have been the loss and that you mm-hmm. would have beat a team like Charlotte out of the gates to, to start the year. But Obviously, that didn't happen, and this Duke team has responded well since losing that season opening game versus the Charlotte 49ers, and credit to this offense. They're playing really good football right now. Mateo Durant is so special, uh, has fumbled the ball a few more times than I would have liked uh, him to have at this point in the season, but Gunnar Holmberg has been really efficient at that quarterback position. He's ran the ball well, four rushing touchdowns against Kansas, and the Duke defense is playing better football. Look, against a team like Kansas coming into this weekend's game, they were only averaging 14 points a contest. They gave up 33 to the Jayhawks. A lot of those were turnover-induced in short fields for the Jayhawks to operate with, so you want that to improve going throughout the season. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, as we like to say. 
and I was really pleased with that. I know you got the chance to be in Durham at Wallace Wade Stadium. Did I miss anything in kind of your breakdown on Duke? Yeah, I think Gunnar Holmberg, honestly, the toughness of that kid had was really surprising. I mean, my kid, he got popped a couple good ones <laughs> and he kept rolling, right? And he, you know, he got shaken up. And especially when it came to those rushing touchdowns, as you mentioned, I think just showing his grit and resiliency and, you know, listening to Coach Cut, that's a big key part of this team, the resiliency, the getting back up, especially after that Charlotte loss is just taking the time to learn, you know, your, your different um, – what is the conversation? What word am I looking for? Your mistakes and ownership. We talked, he talked about that at media kickoff, right? They had to take full ownership and you're hearing players in the post game talking about that was my mistake. You know, I got caught sleeping at the wheel. I got caught slipping. It was Braylon um, on defense saying, you know, I missed it wide open or like that was a tackle that I definitely should have wrapped up there. That's a different conversation that you're not used to hearing from players who are like, Oh, well, the team kind of fell flat, blah, blah, blah. No, like I own my mistake and I'm going to like make sure that it doesn't happen next time. I think that sparks you to say, okay, this team definitely has the accountability and they're willing to step up for their teammates, right. And do it better on the next play. And I think that's certainly what we saw here in this game. And again, why everyone in Chapel Hill should be a little nervous this Saturday as they head into week five matchup against a rival. Now I know we talked a little bit about the Wake Forest. We talked, you know, a length about the Wake Forest team, but there were there any final thoughts about Virginia, you know, Brendan Armstrong to me has certainly shown himself worthy of being a top quarterback, but that defense, if, do you put yourself out of it when you don't have a strong defense? Because to me, that was Carolina last season, right? They just didn't have that defense to really put them in games despite Sam ha Sam Howell's, you know, exciting, explosive performances week after week. I feel like Brendan Armstrong's kind of in that situation now. What are your thoughts? Candace, you're so good at what you do. I was hoping that uh, <laughs> I, I was hoping we'd be able to bring this conversation back to Virginia. Uh, yeah. Because it is so fascinating to me. We talk about the quarterback position in this conference. And, you know, Sam Hartman is somebody that we want to give um, some love to. Kenny Pickett making some plays there for Pittsburgh. Brennan Armstrong threw for over 400 yards in a football game, and his team only scored 17 points. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> that's stressful. I, I feel like, you know, you really see that this is a team sport because at the end of the day, you can only do so much. You can have a day as long as you want to. But if your team can't figure it out, it's a long, long afternoon for the squad. And that's certainly what it was for the Cavaliers. You have to wonder if Brendan Arnold, he's got to be walking in and up and down that Virginia football facility saying, what else can I do, guy? Like, give me a little bit of help. <laughs> Uh, with what they've been. I know they had a couple of possessions where they turned the ball over on downs. Uh, and, and so maybe you're not putting three more points on the board to make the score look a little bit better uh, than it was. And I know that he did throw one interception, which um, is something every quarterback wants to get corrected at, at a certain mm -hmm. point. But uh, no, to throw for over 400 yards. And I honestly believe he's been one of the most impressive quarterbacks so far this, uh, this ACC season. The record just hasn't been the best for Virginia two and two on the year. Remember last week they lost by 20 points to UNC. This week they lose by 20 to Wake Forest. Let's see what kind of turnaround Virginia is going to have moving forward. I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the rest of the conference and just overall how we felt on the weekend. To me, for a lot of teams, this is put up or shut up week. Like week five is okay. We're in full thick of conference play. So what are we going to do? Were there any games where you saw a team where you're like, okay, they're finally getting it or a couple teams where you're like, okay, they're going to have to figure this out quick because it's going to be a long rest of the season if they don't. Look, I, I know that the, the big storyline in the ACC is definitely that Clemson and NC State game. And I, I absolutely love loved Candace, love getting a chance to listen to you and 
Kitten break that entire game down on, on yesterday's podcast, and I would make sure that uh, people do go check that out. But uh, let me give some love to Boston College for that mm-hmm. big win that they had against Missouri in overtime. 4-0 and on the year as now Boston College undefeated, and now they get to play Clemson at Clemson, right? And you have to imagine this Clemson team is going to be really fired up for that one to try and figure out if they can be competitive in the conference this year. Uh, But this Boston College team is just so impressive to me. You have the quarterback injury. You don't let that deter you. I'm a big fan of Jeff Hathley, that head coach. I'm sold on him. I got a lot of flack from Boston College fans uh, and our buddy AJ on on Lockdown ACC and Lockdown Boston College uh, for putting him as my last ACC coach going into the year. Granted, I did say, look, this is strictly an experience thing. There's only 11 games to work with here. But, man, that dude looks like an awesome guy to play for. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Boston College does as they continue throughout the season. That's honestly one of my bigger takeaways in the conference. Absolutely. And either it's going to be a Clemson situation where they're going to take out their frustration on Boston College (laughs) or they're still not going to figure it out and they're just going to be emotionally downtrodden and Boston College is going to pounce on that. Either way, I think it makes... 5-0 all of a sudden. That would be crazy. (laughs) That would be nuts. And the Atlantic would be the first time we have like some serious Atlantic conversations, which, hey, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, for sure. JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? For sure. This is one of the favorite parts of my week each week, getting to talk ACC with you, Candace. So uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Our show is on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Really big week for Duke as they get a chance to play UNC. First ACC game for the Blue Devils. Super early in the season for this game to be played, by the way. yeah, Uh, Excited to talk about all of that throughout the week, and you can catch me over there. So thanks, Candace. No doubt. Betting on any of these teams definitely doesn't have to be a guessing game. Listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks. Lee Sterling's lock of the day. They've all got you covered. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We've got power rankings tomorrow. we got AJ Black from Locked on Boston College. He is going to give us the ups and downs. We all know it's all over the place here, but until next time we look forward to talking to you then have a good day